Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Haley in coming on. She's doing some really great things out yeah. there within the music world. And we're excited to have her on and talk a little bit about her story and, and to talk music and see where this goes. So Haley in, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. How So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I just got back from a nice long holiday vacation, and I'm happy to be back at home working on music, getting 2021 started. Awesome. <clears throat> now, I like to start the show the same way every time. Um, as you know, it's tough for anybody in entertainment right now. Mm -hmm. How yeah. has COVID affected you, and what are you doing or have done to kind of maneuver through all this? Well, it was pretty crazy watching an entire year of shows get canceled back in March. <laughs> My oh, last wow. show was in Jakarta on March 7th. And it was, you know, I don't, I think it was just like the very, very beginning of everything. And then I got back mm -hmm. home and was planning to be home for maybe five, six days and then fly out to Ultra Miami and then to Seattle for another show, then off to Poland for another show, and then just canceled, 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 and then the oh. whole rest of the year as well. So I ended up just not leaving home and just watching all of this happen. And then after a few months of, you know, just wait, everybody was just waiting because we thought two weeks, oh, a few months, yeah. we'll make it to the summer. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it was like this campaign going, like, save the summer, you know, <laughs> everybody be mm -hmm. safe. And uh, obviously we're way past that. So, um, but then I think in uh, the summer around then, um, I started a Twitch and I've been streaming pretty much every week on Mondays at 8 p.m. Pacific time, performing acoustic, doing live sets, sometimes demo feedback because I have a lot of creatives that follow me, mm -hmm. just interacting with my fans because oh, wow. there's no real way to reach them. They can't go to shows either because there aren't any. And so everybody, myself included, has been missing live music. And Twitch, I think, especially for DJs and people in the dance music industry, has been a real saving grace for us. A way to still perform, to reach our fans, to still like promote new music. But yeah, Twitch has been the main thing. And then, of course, I've been home. So I've gotten to work a lot more on my solo career stuff or my solo music, my solo records yeah. that are coming yeah. This year, and finish up a bunch more collabs with DJs that I've been working with. I love that, and you know, like for us, we launched this show January third of twenty twenty before wow. COVID. Yeah, and I remember, you know, our original plan was a hundred interviews our first year. We thought if we could do that, you know, that'd be a great foundation for the first year. And then COVID happens. Yes, and I was like, oh, this could be an opportunity for us. I was like, this is our year to shine because you know what? Artists like you are going to need a place to talk. And we're going to give that to as many people as we can. And because of that, we end up um, interviewing last year over 300 people. Yes. Wow. Congrats, guys. That's a huge achievement. Yeah. And sometimes we feel guilty a little bit because, you know, down the road, if, you know, three, four, five years down the road, if we become like a Bobby Bones or a Ty Bentley or a Ryan Seacrest type level show, we're going to look back and kind of owe COVID mm -hmm. to that, you know, <laughs> right? Because it kind of blossomed everything. 
the silver lining is there's been a lot of new opportunities for all of us, I guess, yeah. and, and ways we didn't dream before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's watching live or replay, just share, share, share. Um, yes. So, you know, as you know, a lot of people um, would ask you, when did you know you want to do music? But I always like to go a step further. When did it click that this could actually be a career for you? Wow, that's great. Um, I always say that music chose me. I didn't choose it. <laughs> My mother always said that I came out singing. And <laughs> I was singing probably before I could talk. Oh, wow. Say wow. words. Um, there was a a long road trip my mom and I did across the country when I was about four years old and I sang along to the radio the entire time, all the way there and all the way back. And she realized I was in tune. (laughs) 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 And at the end of that, I actually asked her for voice lessons at four years old. So I took it pretty seriously, even at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And it felt naturally part of who I am and what I am meant to do. Um, And then I started taking it seriously as a career uh, when I was probably about 12 or 13 years old. I went to a music camp called Interlochen in Michigan uh, for summer. And it was so amazing. And just to be surrounded by other musical young people was so inspiring for me. And I remember being on a phone call with my mom and she was like, so what do you think? Do you want to do this? (laughs) And I was like, I do. I really do. So it was a very natural progression for me. So I would say probably 12 or 13 years old yeah. is when I was like, let's do this. And you kind of do have to start young, in mm. music, I think. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty great. I'm, I, I love what I do. I feel really blessed. And uh, my first professional job was at 14. I got paid oh, to wow. record a song for a producer, sing the demo. Yeah. And I've been going ever since. Now, was your mom one of them that when you said, when she asked you whether, is this something you wanted to do? And you said, yes. Was she one of the moms that said, okay, we'll do this as long as you're all in? Mm, prob- yeah, I'm sure she yeah. said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she honestly was so amazing. I'm so grateful for what my mom did for me. Uh, she was an artist, like a painter. And she had a very flexible schedule and she was able to drive me to voice lessons, you know, all the way to Las Vegas or Los Angeles and just sort of like paint where she could. And so I'm super grateful to her for everything she did for me was really, it was was irreplaceable. (laughs) The blessing of a flexible schedule, right? Yes. (laughs) So, um, as you know, a lot of people, they see um, the glory of the big artists, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level with music. And mm-hmm. I always want to talk about this side of it because I think that it's one of the most important things to talk about. Nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. So I always said on our show, we're going to talk about it because I want people to understand what goes on behind the scenes, so to speak. I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed a girl named Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full time with music. And I asked her what advice she'd given up in coming artists. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if you're but if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, 
everything changes because you kind of don't own your own life. Everybody owns a little piece of it from that point on. Um, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you, when you're in that grind mode, you got to say no to everything because you got to say yes to everything music. And then she had, and then she said, your family has to sacrifice behind. There's so many sacrifices that go on within the music world that people don't know. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. I, I mean, I definitely agree. It's it's an all-encompassing career. <laughs> no doubt about that. What I always tell young artists that just see like the romance of a beautiful <laughs> career in music and like, oh, wow, making music videos and photo shoots. It's like, <laughs> Um, you're running your own business. <laughs> Basically, you are your product and you have to sell that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, you're just a business owner. You're a small business owner. And you, as small business owners now, if you if you have a little restaurant you and you're just starting out, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe that restaurant. And it's the same as, you know, in doing music. You have to just do it all the time. And yes, you do have to sacrifice and say no to things. And you also have to make sure you're making smart decisions. <laughs> and and it's just like, yeah, it's it's not all what it looks like in the music business. <laughs> you're you're running a small business. Yeah. <laughs> Some <Yeah>. business classes. <laughs> and I think it's one step further than even that, because when you look at the whole business community world, um, like a restaurant. Uh, with a restaurant, you're competing with, you know, whatever restaurants that are local, locale of there. Mm -hmm. But as an artist, even though some artists don't like to hear the word competing, you actually are. But you're yeah. competing with the world for the eyeballs that will be on you. And that's the part I think. And because we've done a lot of different business ventures yeah. in our 18 years of oh, marriage. Yeah. And I tell you what. This show in the entertainment world is probably the hardest thing we've ever done. And I, I really respect things that, you know, people like you and what y'all do for the whole entertainment world. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's true. You are competing, but at the same time, you will find fans and you have to, like, keep that in mind because there are yep. billions of people in the world and somebody <laughs> out there is going to love your music. Somebody yep. out there is like you and, and loves that sound so yep. mm, I think, yeah. yes we are competing but it's it's important not to think of it like that yeah. you know it's not mm -hmm. to compare yourself to other artists because you're so different of uh, compare yourself in certain ways like yeah. okay what yeah. what are they doing that i could learn from but not like i need to steal them steal their fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i definitely understand that yeah. yeah that's like even though um we're just like a bobby bones show where we interview i don't see us competing with him but yet i can take some things that he does say okay mm -hmm. um let's tweak this to sound better yes right. i always right. tell young artists because i'm actually develop, de developing a couple of them um and i always tell them um oh gosh i lost my train of thought that happened <laughs> <laughs> What do I always tell them? Oh, find a hole in the marketplace that only you can fill. Basically, ah, I like that because it comes back to like you are your product. So, what do people want and need that doesn't exist that you are naturally gifted for? And I, I, like I, 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 like find, I found that to be like the the turning point in my career. Once I thought <laughs> of things like that, stop trying to be like other artists or trying <laughs> to like okay, but I'll be like that, but like a little like this. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> once I found dance music, which is what I primarily do, mm -hmm. uh, I realized mm -hmm. there was a hole that was shaped like me <laughs> in okay. the marketplace. And I was, I was excited. Wow. This is maybe where I was meant to fit in. Right. And it's, it's so important because if you're just trying to like get into a crowded space, mm -hmm. then it's mm -hmm. your voice yeah. will never be heard. But if you're like, I'm going to go over here and you know, I'm gifted at like, I'm a songwriter, a bass guitar, but I have a voice like something, something. And yeah. you find the genre and the little, little crevice that's just, okay. and it sometimes takes years as an artist yeah. to figure that out. I was, I've been doing this for 15, 16 years, and it's only oh, in the wow. last mm -hmm. five years that it's really clicked. So it took me 10 years to figure that out. Wow. <laughs> you know, like they say, between, behind every overnight success, is 10 years plus. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It is really, really true. And, you know, even what we do, you know, about the niche thing, you know, what other podcasts do you know within the entertainment world where they interview artists and actors who are husband and wife team doing it? Yeah. Right, <laughs> and, and that brings their, because later you'll hear from our eight or nine, he's, he just turned yeah, nine. He's nine now. Uh, our nine year old, because we always bring him on to ask one question to each guest because we are a family affair show. Great. And um, so that was kind of part of our niche, plus being up close and personal. We, you know, we try to get the stories out. A lot, there's a lot of music interview shows out there, but usually they are 15, 20 minutes. Right. And you don't have time to really talk. That's true. So I was like, you know, so so at the beginning, I was like, you know what, we'll just make it a 45, 60 minute show, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the artist can do. And we'll talk and we'll, we'll and that's where we'll carve our niche at. That's awesome. I love that. It's true. I can't think of very many. So good on <laughs> you guys doing something <laughs> unique. Well, we appreciate we that. Appreciate now it. that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side. So let's go the other way, the glory side. Tell us a few moments where you look back and like, wow, I got to do that. Definitely. Um, I would say the first performance that was kind of mind blowing that I got to do, I got to play the Hollywood Bowl in L.A. Oh, wow. uh, when I was 18, I was on tour with uh, Dave Cause, who's a smooth jazz saxophone yeah. player. And that was pretty incredible. Um, I was doing a different genre then. I was under a different name. And uh, oh, wow. that was the first like really big wow moment for me, <laughs> having seen Andrea Bocelli and Sting and um, Annie wow. Lennox perform mm -hmm. there like just months prior. It was like mind blowing. Uh, and my name was on the little marquee out front and everything. <laughs> Did you take pictures of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was long before like I had an iPhone though, so I have to find it somewhere. <laughs> um, I got to open for Paul Simon as well um, oh, wow. when I was 18, so I got to go on some pretty big tours early on. Um, and then recently, in the past two, three years, I've gotten to play EDC Las Vegas like three or four times. Oh, cool. Wow, awesome. The main stage of Kinetic Field last, well, not 2020, 2019, with uh, Tritonal, so for that 65,000 people. Wow. That was amazing. And then, of course, I also got to play Electric Zoo in New York, which is also a festival for about 25,000 people. So oh, I've wow. played some really, really big festivals and seeing all these people singing along to words that I wrote is wow. just incredible. It's absolutely amazing. I can't wait for live shows to come back. <laughs> so when you walk out and there's 65,000 people, what was going through your head? 
don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, simply because that year at EDC, we had a lot of wind. It was the first year that they moved oh, wow. it to May. It's normally in June, but it was really hot yeah. in June. So they moved it to May and there was a lot of wind. And we were on Sunday at like, I don't know, midnight or 1 a.m. And uh, yeah, the stage was shaking. <laughs> the whole oh, stage, wow. which is probably three or four stories high of like metal scaffolding. And mm -hmm. then it has these these inflatable like decor on the front that's massive oh, wow. and they had um like the fire department in the back like watching the wing meter uh -huh. and they were like almost gonna tell me you can't go out there oh wow <laughs> uh but uh, luckily they let me go and the wind yeah. died down just for my yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course i had on like heels or probably only like four inches but still and then i'm up oh, felt taller with wind oh I'm yeah sure. i'm up on a little platform even though the stage is so massive there's it's yeah. like all decorated with this really cool stuff that insomniac does my stage oh, cool. was about this wide i was like this wow. big and oh, i'm wow. like three or four stories up is straight down in front of me and then of course i like to wear flowy things on stage so i had this sort of cape wings thing on yeah. Mm -hmm. which looked amazing in the wind, but probably could have died. <laughs> so, I was just up there trying to focus and stay kind of still, but like let my arms move and sing the song and try to connect with everybody that I could. Obviously, they're like so many people. It was amazing to be up there, but the stage was like... <laughs> So you were terrified, but for a different reason than stage fright. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing experience, though. And I, I mean, I would do it again, but I would hope there would be less wind. <laughs> oh, well. of course. Yeah. Um, so as you know, a lot of people, they see artists like you, but they don't see the PR people, the producers, the managers, the people behind the artists. And I always mm -hmm. feel like they don't get enough love for what they do, because without them, you can't do what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to talk about that side of it. If you, so if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell everybody the team that helps you be who you are. Sure. So my husband, Matthew Steeper is pretty oh. much the wizard behind everything. So we're kind of oh, a wow. family team oh, wow. like you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, we write everything together. He records all my vocals, all my solo stuff we produce together. So it's mostly him on all these keyboards everywhere around me. He plays right. piano. So he's an amazing pianist. Uh, so it's, and he handles everything creative that I don't handle. So it's just pretty much us for the most part. I have an amazing agent named Mike that has been working super hard. Even in 2020, he's still like, I'm going to get shows for 2021. It's going to happen. <laughs> he's really great. And then I have a, another manager in the UK named Stuart who handles a lot of royalties and, and negotiations and contracts and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite a big team. I, I mean, for me, I think that's a big team. I have a lot of yeah. people. Have bigger yeah. teams. And then we own a company called Golden Thread Music, Matthew and I. And we have yeah. two artists signed to it. So that they're part oh, of our yeah. family as well. One is named Amity. Um, it'd yeah. be great if you guys wanted to interview him. He's amazing. And then That'd be Monica, awesome. yeah, Monica Santucci. She's also awesome. They're both in dance music. Amity mm -hmm. is a wow. producer, singer, DJ. He's like a triple threat. He's amazing. Oh, and he's cool. 
awesome. really doing a lot of awesome stuff. And we've been developing him for about two or three years now. And it's just now that things are really starting to take off. So we're really excited for him. And then Monica Santucci is a singer producer as well. And she's really great. She's had a lot of songs come out in the last year. So she's killing it too. So what a blessing that is uh, to not only you're rising, but uh, B, have your hands on people that are helping them rise. Yeah, I think it's so important. Just as I've learned, I want to help teach. And especially with people that are so talented, but just have no doorway in. They have no yeah. idea how to get yeah. in. And we found Amity. He he was actually our intern. And he yeah. was so talented. We were like, oh, wow. we are going to sign you. <laughs> and so <laughs> and working with him and helping him get his music and his brand and everything up to part. And it's taken a while, but it's starting to pay off. Oh, that is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about you're working with your husband. Tell us, and you probably have a thousand stories. I get that. But just think of something that comes to mind when I ask this. Tell us a story where your husband went above and beyond for your music career and you thought, wow, you know, he gets this is my passion and purpose. Oh my gosh. I think that's like every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's really amazing. Um, but we we were friends before we started dating, before we even worked together. Oh, before cool. anything musical happened, we were just really, really good friends. Oh, wow. And I remember when he heard like my an EP I made several years ago and it wasn't out or anything and I was trying to think of ways to creatively like get it to the right hands oh, wow. um, and I, he and I sat down and you know he's just a friend and he was like I know we could do this like I, I can help you make like these cool glass orbs and we could load the EP onto a glowing flash drive and he's like sending me links and he's like just super <laughs> super passionate and this is long before anything romantic he was just oh wow, just, wow. He was just an amazing person and he was inspired and he just loved what i did and it was just like so amazing because just nobody goes as far as he goes he will awesome. just take it to the end if you know him you're just like wow he just does everything <laughs> and, i mean i just he's just awesome so that i would say the first time i ever realized this how amazing and willing he was to just go for it was probably just when we were friends. So, yeah. Yeah. That's like with Sandy, you know, um, I went through 19 years of addictions and yeah. the first five years of our marriage was really hectic on her because of those addictions. But, you know, she never nagged me, put me down. She, none of that. She loved me through them. And, and, you know, I don't believe I would be here if it weren't for that. And we definitely wouldn't be married, but, you know, because most women, they would have walked out. She didn't. And because of that, we are we just crossed our 18 years of marriage. Yes. Uh, and wow. it's over for over 13 years now. Yes. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Well done. That's awesome, guys. Yep. The power yes. of a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love a man who recognizes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of family and teams, oh, we've yeah. got a third co-host, our little nine-year-old. Yes, so Sandy's gonna go his get name's Brooke. Christopher. I'll go get him. And um, okay. we've got a 22-month-old daughter, too, that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show, too, because like I said, we are a family affair show. That's amazing. You guys are like the, the new Brady Bunch. <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean, again, you know, when we first launched it, I was like, you know, 
I want it to be a family show. I, I want to build something to where, because, you know, you watch and hear some of these podcasts and you see these guys flirt with the young girls. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be the safe place for the young women to come on where they can feel like, you know what? I'm going to talk about music in my life without having to worry about being on that show. That's awesome. We need more of that in this world. So thank you so much. It's so true. I, I mean, we just need, hello. Hi, Haley. How are you? Doing good. So what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Well, that's a really good question. But I have to say it is sushi. Do you like sushi? Hmm. Not I've sure never tried not, it. Has he tried it? He's tried a little bit. He's tried a little bit maybe a few years ago. Yeah. You probably don't remember. <laughs> have to go and try some sushi for me and let me know if you liked it or not. Do you like raw yes. fish? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't tried it. I don't yeah. think he's tried outside of that. He has tried, you know, sushi. Though. He just don't remember. Yes. And he liked it then. So he did. All right. Awesome. He, he's not picky. He loves vegetables and all that. So he, you know, he does. Well, you have to try another California roll and let me know if you like it. How about that? Yeah. And what's yeah. your favorite food? Pizza. Oh, oh pizza. Pizza. Yeah, he is. If he didn't run it off, you know, luckily he can, he runs it off. But if we fed him pizza all day, he'd eat it all day. <laughs> he would. Okay, what? and I got another question. Okay. What's okay. your favorite uh, topping on pizza? Hmm. Uh, mine is sausage. Oh, <laughs> I love sausage. Okay, what's your second question? Okay, my second question is, what's their favorite song? My favorite song? Yes. Like, ever? In the world, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> That's so hard. We're teaching them good here. Wow. Well, I would say, uh, as far as like songwriting goes, I'm going to say "Daughters" by John Mayer. Do you know that one? That's a good one. He, 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 he may not. He, I know he that may one. not. <laughs> not, but like me it. and Sandy knows yeah. that. But I, but I heard of John Mayer before. Yep. Yeah, you yes, like you John Mayer. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So mine is Old Dominion One Man Band. All right. <laughs> he's our country guy. I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Great to meet you. Thanks for asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, he loves this part. It's funny because sometimes um, an artist has to go early at the last minute. And he don't get so he's like, I ain't got to ask my question. Yeah, it's been a few times. <laughs> he's been on what ninety-eight percent of the shows. He loves Aww, it. That's awesome. So if you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Well, the first person that comes to mind is Sting. Oh, Sting okay. is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a lyricist first, I would say. Right. Um, so I naturally adore songwriters that have insane lyrics um, yes. so it, i would that would be amazing i don't know if <laughs> it would if it would like be something either one of us would want to release i don't know because we're <laughs> <laughs> very different <laughs> but just to just to learn from him and how he thinks about lyrics and the way that he weaves words together would be an incredible learning experience for me um he's an amazing performer 
an amazing songwriter. I mean, he, he's timeless. His music is timeless. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another question that could have a thousand answers, but just think of the first thing. Um, what is a song you've heard that you wish you wrote? Oh, I heard it the other day. Oh, wow. What was it? Wow. Oh, gosh. That's really hard. <laughs> uh, if I can remember it. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm looking on my phone to see on my Spotify if I have There was one. I Oh, I would probably have to go with an Above and Beyond song. Do you guys know Above and Beyond? Mm-mm. They're amazing uh, DJ producers and songwriters. Oh, wow. They're one of the few producers in dance music that actually write their own songs, like the lyrics oh, and melodies. Okay. And they are amazing. Um, check them out. Yeah. yeah. There's a song called A Thing Called Love that is, I think it's one of the greatest dance music, like top lines songs <laughs> that has ever been written. I think a lot of people would agree. <laughs> it's really, really well known and it's just amazing and oh, the wow. is there's a thing called love that we all forget and it's the wasted love that we all regret you live your life just once so don't forget about a thing called love oh wow, oh, wow. So beautiful. i remember beautiful. the first time i heard it i was in a club called exchange la in it was in LA and it was, I, I, my eyes were widened. I was like, what is this amazing song? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. 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 We love a little love song. Because song. <laughs> yes. there's so many songs out there, that, you know, if I want to be moved, you know, if a song don't move me, then it don't interest me. I want to be moved. I don't care if it's happy, sad, you know, grateful, whatever, but I want yeah, to feel something. Absolutely. That's what I strive to do as, as a songwriter, as an artist is to move people to like transport them to another world or to help them dive mm-hmm. into themselves and maybe discover something that needs healing. Yeah. So what song of yours and means the most and why? And I, know, I know they all mean something different, but what's that one song that you're like, it just has this great meaning. I would have to say it's probably tied between two of them. Mm -hmm. And the first one would be Saving Light. Saving Light was one of my first really big songs as Halion. It came out in 2017 and it's done really, really well. I think it has almost maybe 15 million streams on Spotify, something like that. Um, It's with Gareth Emery and Standerwick are the producers on it. It's meaningful to me because when I wrote it, um, it was obviously meaningful. It was about, I wrote it about coming out of a really dark place in my life and not having a lot of hope and seeing the light again. And it's been, it's become even more meaningful when I hear my fans stories with that song and how that song has touched their lives and just the power of the spirit of a song moving in someone's life is is really present in the stories that I hear with Mm -hmm. that one and I'm just really grateful that I wrote it and I'm grateful that it means uh so much to so many of my fans it's it's brought a lot of them out of a dark place and when the song came out we actually donated all of the proceeds of the record to a charity called Ditch the Label, which is an anti-bullying charity oh, wow. in the UK. And they actually like sponsored the music video as well. So the music video 
it doesn't have me in it. It's a story of a young girl who's getting bullied at school and sort of her. I think we all can relate to that. Yeah. Her saving light is her teacher. And so it's really, it's just, it's just brings that issue to light, which is a really important thing to do, I think. And um, yeah, the other song would be wherever you are. It's with a producer called Ferry Corsten on his album blueprint that I wrote four or five songs on. And, um, that one I wrote about my parents. Both of my parents uh, oh, passed away about ten years ago. Sorry, when I was in my thank you, and I was in my early twenties, and I wrote wherever you are, sort of as a love letter across the stars oh. for uh, them. Uh, and uh, it's it's amazing that people have figured that out, and those uh, that have dealt with loss. That song, even friends of mine who have lost their moms, have texted me and and said, "I just can't stop listening to wherever you are." It just like fills the I just feel so honored when I hear stories like that or, so, you know, about saving light as well. It's just what mm-hmm. I, why I do what I do. And when you hear things from people and stories that something has meant something in their lives, it's just, it's better. It's better than anything. It just means your music is going out there and doing what it was made to do. And so you're doing your job. <laughs> and that's what it should be about is moving people. Cause you know, you some people they want to be that star and if mm-hmm. and i think that if, if they want to be that star it's gonna the music industry is gonna eat them up and spit them out you know mm-hmm. where but, but if you have a purpose and passion behind what you do that's the people that are re- the real stars absolutely i think it's important to keep in mind that you are you are a servant. You are serving. It's not yeah. about your fans like worshiping you. It should never ever be about that. It's it's about how can you make their lives better? How can you lift them up? How can you serve them? That's that's mm-hmm. what I both of the artists that I've developed, it's been a really important conversation that I've had with them, being like, Why do you make music? I want to know. Why are you here? <laughs> and they always look at me like, uh but both, you know, it's just so important to help people, to move people, to, to bring people into people's lives, to help them not feel alone. Like all of these mean I want to serve people. And I think that's just so important because as you, even if you gain popularity and it, your, your goal is you mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. famous, maybe because you have a lack of inner self-confidence or self-love where that comes from, um, yeah. it's, it's not going to bode well <laughs> as you uh-huh. get more famous it doesn't get better it gets Get worse. harder mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i think it's just so important in in doing music what we're here to do is to serve and to help heal or bring joy or even help people if you do like metal music you can still be serving like helping people get their yeah. anger out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah because you know when people go to a concert it's say two three hours mm-hmm. they want to forget about the world around them they do yeah so they want to be transported it's the yeah, artist's job to take them to a whole nother level where they can just forget about the world, even if it's only for those 60 to 120 minutes. Yes. Absolutely. That is, that's what we're supposed to do. I think anyway, trans- <laughs> transport to another world or help you <clears throat> or go deep or let it out or just all of those therapeutic things. Yeah. I yeah. love that. <laughs> So last February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always tell this story because I, before I ask the guests that same question, 
because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living now. And she's on top of the world in the country music scene. I mean, anybody who knows country music knows who Kelsey is. Mm -hmm. and, but she had that dream, that vision. Nobody was stopping her back five years ago. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years? Well, I hope to have... Uh, I hope I get to have some kids by then. Honestly, but yeah, I would definitely love to see my solo music. I do a lot of collaborations with DJs and that's how I've built up my, my name in mm -hmm. the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to see my solo music in its own, doing its own thing. I would love to be touring and playing my these festivals I've played with other DJs just completely on my own. Uh, just me and Matthew up there. We are already starting to do that. Like we just did mm -hmm. first drive-in festival for Insomniac oh, wow. back in November, mm -hmm. but we played our own set and that was like the first time any vocalist in dance music has had their own set. Oh, wow. Especially a female. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so You're breaking records. <laughs> I'm trying to. Um, the goal is take that as far as it can go and pave the way for both vocalists and females in dance music and show that you don't have to be up there behind the decks to entertain. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we want to, we you know, smash through some ceilings here and walk through some walls. Um, <laughs> and uh, so on uh, in the next five years, I hope that's just like normal. In five years from now, I hope there's lots of vocalists stages mm -hmm. everywhere a uh, lots of females everywhere um i hope it becomes just an accepted thing that like singers are an equal valued part of the dance music industry and i hope i've i hope i've done my job i hope i've yeah. i hope i've helped pave that way along with some other amazing artists and uh yeah i hope that's where we are hope i have some kids running around <laughs> love that let's look a little further say 15 years down the road and you're a success on a grand scale whatever that looks like for you you're there mm -hmm. if the person you are today could meet her your future successful self what would you remind her what would my future successful self yeah. what would you her? remind her or what Current self remind future self. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. See, we go the. I like to go the opposite way. You know, everybody asks it the other way. Right. I like to go this way because I think it's so important because it helps. I think the artist to think about staying grounded. Right. 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 What would I remind her? Oh, I see where you're going. Um. Yeah. I would say, hey, remember when you. <laughs> yeah. I have been in a tiny little studio apartment with Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not the kind of person that forgets where I came from. Like I, I keep it in mind all the time, and humility yeah. is like number one most important thing for me. So I don't know if in 15 years I'll need to remind myself of that, but I probably would anyway because that's uh, yeah. the important thing to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and so I would probably be like, you know. Yeah. Wow. 15 years is so far. Like, I feel like we've been eight <laughs> one year in 2020. So, <laughs> <laughs> we know that. It's like you look yeah. back at 2020 and it was like, okay, we feel like we just grew five years. Yes. <laughs> I may want to have developed a few more artists as well. And I would hope that they're like doing really well in 15 mm -hmm. years. Uh -huh. uh, 
Because if we've taken Amity this far in two or three years, in another five years, he should be just sailing. So we should probably have a little more behind uh-huh. him, just helping develop them. And I would probably just remind my future self what it's like to be, you know, in your in your 20s or your early 30s and trying to figure out who you are as well. Because I think sometimes it's easy to forget. I forget what it's yeah. like to be yeah. a 19-year-old, I, you know, and just to think you know so much and you don't. Uh-huh. Just to remind, right. they think they know a lot, but they don't. So you got to like just be gentle. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you see that a lot with artists as they grow, and you know, not a lot of artists they do remember their past. Like you know, like one of our favorite country artists is Darius Rucker. He's, oh yes, and, and, and he, even though he lives in Nashville, he's from Charleston, South Carolina. But every video that he does usually has scenes from Charleston, and I love that because he's remembering his roots mm-hmm. and. You know, and I love that. But, you know, sometimes artists, they forget those roots, you know, you know, and I think it's so important to remember where your roots are. Absolutely. I recently moved back uh, to southern Utah where I grew up during Mm -hmm. COVID. Since we had no shows, there's no point to live in Los Angeles anymore. And I lived there for 15, 16 years. Um, So it's really, it's really been refreshing to reconnect to my roots um, in 2020. And it's been so nourishing for my spirit. Honestly, a lot of creatives have moved out of cities and are moving into smaller towns or moving back to where they came from. And I think it's really beautiful. One thing out of COVID that um, creatives have learned is that maybe they don't have to live there. Maybe they can live where they want to live and work from anywhere. So yeah. it's been, we've had a lot of Zoom sessions, like yeah. songwriters on Zoom. And yeah, just reconnecting with my past and my roots in this past year has been so, so amazing. And I think it's something that I've been craving for years, just to like get out of the city and just be rooted. And then when you have a career and you perform all the time for thousands of people and you're flying all over the place, there's nothing like coming home. There's really nothing like it for me. Anyway, some people love it. They just live for the suitcase. I'm not one of those. (laughs) I love being home. I love being in my bed. I love being in my kitchen. I just, uh, I'm kind of like a homebody at heart, but (laughs) Yeah, uh-huh. I forget who it was, but several people that we interviewed, you know, about three, four, five months after the COVID ha- shutdowns <coughs> were like, um, I said, first few weeks, oh, this was great. And they, they said, uh-huh. now I'm itching to live out the suitcase again. Yeah. I bet. How are they doing now? <laughs> I, I haven't been, they haven't been on the show in a while, but it would be interesting to get yeah, back to get and updates to get updates that. because they got to be going. Now, granted, you know, some places, not California, of course, but some places like um, Tennessee and all that are starting to reopen some. So mm-hmm. they, some of our friends are actually doing gigs again. Yeah, I actually have a show in Texas <laughs> coming up in, a, I think it's in a week from today, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, twenty oh, wow. first. Um, I have a show. It's like a it's an e- socially distanced pod show in an outdoor venue called Empire yeah. Garage in Austin, and it's on uh, the twenty first. And I'm oh, super wow. excited. So it's gonna be my first like non drive in show. So oh, wow. people yeah. actually at tables or in chairs, even mm-hmm. though they're socially distanced. So I'm really excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. 
<laughs> so Sandy has a few questions too. Yeah, I'll do a couple. Okay. I, if you could go on vacation anywhere, where would you want to go? Oh, I just got back from three weeks in Hawaii, which oh, was amazing. Nice. Um, my in-laws live there, so we're really lucky we get to go every Christmas for like at least three weeks. So that was like absolutely amazing. But if I could go anywhere, I would pro I would love to visit Thailand. I haven't oh, been to Thailand wow. yet. Um, yeah. I'd also love to go to India and just to go and see and experience such a unique country. Uh, I haven't been there. I have a lot of fans in India, so I, I think that will probably happen someday soon. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to relax in Thailand. I love Thai food also. And, <laughs> and then experience India. Okay. And uh, if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe it? I would say, um, let's see. Well, it's dance music, but mm. from the perspective of a singer-songwriter rather than a DJ producer. Yeah. So it's more focused on the song than it is on the tracks. Okay. And, but it, it fits in the realm of dance music. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I always aim to take people to another world with the sound design and everything. So it feels like it's from another planet at times, <laughs> in like an ethereal, ambient, cool, interesting sci-fi way. And yet yeah. the song mm -hmm. is always aimed at the heart. So you can always feel what I'm saying, if that makes sense. Awesome. Yes. And what do you want your legacy to be as an artist? What do you want to be known for? Wow. That's a, such a big question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my legacy as an artist is, I mean, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted God to use my voice to heal the world. So I will just say that Maybe God did some healing through my voice for the world. Wow. <laughs> I love that love because that. if it weren't for mm -hmm. God, like I said, what about the addictions? I believe he healed me mm -hmm. through Sandy, oh, through mm -hmm. all that. Yes. He will do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as you know, a lot of, you know, if you had a friend of yours, let's say you heard him or her sing and they, there's something special about it. And let's say you've, um, you know, they played maybe 40 or 50 shows and they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. And this would be pre-COVID advice. Um, but they've gotten on stage and they get what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd and the crowd roaring for them. And they know that they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them kind of on the next few years? Well, it kind of depends on how developed they are as far as like genre. Are they like in a cover band and are they like, you know, mm -hmm. just loving being on stage and no idea which direction to go? Because if that were the case, I would say, okay, who do you want to be? Yeah. And like, what do you want to say to the world? Like, are you going to write your own songs? That's all of those little, little things when you're like we talked about earlier, starting your own business. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Everything. What makes you different from everybody else? Like, where do you fit in? That's uniquely you. What's unique about you that only no that nobody else can do? Only you can do. Um, if they've already like developed that and they've got a sound 
And it seems to be kind of like popping off a little bit. And they've got a little, like a little group of fans. Uh, Then I would say it's time to get your team in place and find people. If they were a good friend, I would help them find those people (laughs) because it's so difficult to get that little group of fans to play those 40 or 50 shows for people that actually want to hear your music, that actually came to see you, that actually bought a ticket. So that is like, that's like a little piece of gold. So we would go, okay, how can we grow that little piece of gold into something that's flourishing in your life? So that's like finding the right team and making the right choices. I probably wouldn't want to like be their manager. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, But finding a person that fits well with them, um, uh, that would be that next step. So it kind of depends on who they are and what, what they've figured out because you can be playing shows every week for 40 or 50 people and singing cover songs and have no idea who you are as an artist. Yeah. You yeah. can know who you are as a performer, but knowing who you are as an artist is a completely separate thing. I love that. <clears throat> so what's next for you? What's next for me is hopefully shows coming back and lunch in 2021 safely as we can and um, then releasing a lot more solo music Uh, I had a solo single come out in 2020 that I'm really proud of it's called Walk Through Walls and it's done pretty well music video is up on YouTube if you want to check it out Uh, I filmed it here in southern Utah in all the places that I've dreamed of filming a music video in so it's just awesome and then so that was the start of something really special for us. And then in 2021, I think we're going to do a full EP, which would be the first EP released for me as Halion. And that's going to be a big step forward. I've had so several dozen, like many, probably close to over a hundred collaborations released since 2015 when I work with other producers and everything. But we've been developing slowly through all of that. My exact sound as far as tracks and sound design and production. And we've always known what we wanted to look like. It was just having the time to make it. And so we've had time in 2020, which is amazing. And 2021 this year, we're going to go for it. And I'm really, really excited to put out more of my own music play more of my own shows which we're already starting to do and just um yeah go further i love that so we're going to end on this note what has surprised you the most since you've been in music what has surprised me the most (sighs) that's such a great you guys asked really great questions i appreciate it thank you (laughs) sometimes you just get the same questions like over and over, but everybody asks. Like, different. Yeah, we try to be a little different. Yeah, great. What has surprised me the most in music? Um, that I would say, as you just keep going every day, keep plodding along, the money does come. <laughs> um, it takes a long, I mean, I'm one of those people that's like, okay, you know, when I wasn't making a lot of money as a singer, you're like, okay, I got to get paid like, $30 from this royalty and like, like a hundred dollars over here. I can get yeah. that over local fee and then I'll hopefully be able to pay my rent. <laughs> like that goes on for years and years. And a lot of musicians will tell you that hopefully I get paid from this show and then hopefully that comes in and you just never know yeah. where you're going to make money. But if you just keep going and keep taking those little steps all the time and you just go for 10 plus years, eventually you don't have to worry about all those little tiny things. It just starts, the momentum does begin. And my husband, 
Matt always says, it's going to all show up. He just has so much faith with that. <laughs> and then, <I'm> always, <laughs> but it does. It is true. If you just keep wow. taking those steps, it does show up. And once you learn and all the little things you have to learn about running your own business in the music industry, um, it becomes easy. It's scary for a lot of people that I know that like have, you know, nine to five jobs and their boss pays them and they get a salary and they're like, but why do you pay your bills? <laughs> And it's like, well, I don't know, but <laughs> it happens. I work really hard every single day and I send out my invoices and then eventually it all sort of comes together. So it's surprising to me that now that I'm at this point in my career, when I can say, you know, I'm at a point where I do this full time, we're doing well, we've got a lot of fans. I'm so grateful for all the support. It's it's amazing how you can kind of like, oh, wow, you can you can make a career in music. I'm so <laughs> I love that answer. So tell everybody how they can reach out to you. So I am at Halion on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so come follow me on both platforms. You can find me on Spotify. So please follow me also on Spotify. Halion, or it's this way, that, that way. There it is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so just come follow me on Instagram and spotify and then also i stream weekly on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash halion tv and that's always at 8 p.m pacific time on mondays and i go live for at least an hour sometimes to um, either singing live acoustic or playing like a full set with tracks or maybe sometimes doing demo feedback sessions sometimes we do like pre- like watch parties like before the release of the music video so you get to see oh, it before we do a lot of exciting things i love connecting with my fans on twitch and then uh you can also if you're in texas or the austin area i am playing a show on the 21st at empire garage and it's gonna be my first like real show-ish kind of a thing uh, of the year and kind of of the covid yeah sorry Great way to start the year. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm excited. You know, we really enjoyed having we you on the did. show today. And we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris and Sandy, and, for having me. And be sure to reach out to us for your other two people. Oh, Absolutely. yes. We'd love to have them on. Absolutely. I will. All right. Everybody have a great day. Yes. <laughs>